Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 848 with Josue and Maria Garcia and Miguel Miranda. He's done what he says he's going to do. And so she's seen, she's seen it over and over again for the 20 years plus years she's known him. Um, she's watched him, you know, put an idea out there and make it happen. And so she just believes in his ability to get things done. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And I have to say, I haven't come across a restaurateur using Seven Shifts that hasn't been completely satisfied. Trusted by over 500,000 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the complete toolkit you need to easily manage your team's schedules, timesheets, communications, tasks, tips, and more all in one place. And because you are restaurant unstoppable, listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Today's episode is brought to you by Margin Edge, a restaurant management software that uses POS integration and invoice data to show you your food cost in real time. Margin Edge gives you your prime cost daily, so there's no surprises at the end of the month. By totally digitizing your back office, your team saves hours on paperwork and gets instant insights to manage food costs, labor, and budgets in the moment, not weeks after the period ends with supply chain disruption and labor shortages. Making real-time data-driven decisions is more important than ever. Because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, Margin Edge is going to cover your onboarding costs. That means you get 60 days free to get started and up and running before you make your first payment. To learn more, head to me.marginedge.com slash restaurant hyphen unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. Today's episode is brought to you by DiagioBarAcademy.com, and I cannot be more excited to be partnering with Diageo because we have such similar missions. We want to share knowledge and transform the industry. Diageo Bar Academy equips bartenders, servers, managers, and hospitality professionals with the insights, stories, and tools to be better They are consistently raising the bar on industry standards, and no matter what your skill level is or knowledge or availability, there's something for you at DiageoBarAcademy.com. They have master classes and live events, and if you can't make those master classes or live events, there's recordings, so you can watch it on demand at your convenience at www.DiageoBarAcademy.com. That is D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com get over there what up unstoppables today we have a great show for you but a quick reminder this podcast does need your support you can support our sponsors you can use our affiliate links you can share this podcast you can come join a restaurant unstoppable network uh, and you can make sure everyone and, and anyone you know who works in the restaurant industry who's trying to be great knows about this podcast so speaking of great we're talking to two or actually three great guest today. It's not every day I get to get three guests on the show. Uh, We're talking to Josue and Maria Dolores Garcia, aka Maria is Lola or Loli's 
Mexican cravings. So Lola is Jose's, I guess, uh, I don't know if you call it like pet name, but like, uh, yeah, it's a pet name for uh, Lola or Maria Dolores, Lola. And I guess Loli is like a twist on that. Clearly, I'm not fluent in Spanish. So today we actually had uh, our third guest, Miguel Miranda, join us, and he's going to be doing a lot of translating for Lola and Jose and a really inspiring story here, guys. Uh, this was this is like the American dream. So the story goes like this. Jose started his entrepreneurial journey slinging tamales on the streets of Guadalajara in Mexico, and it didn't take long for him to open his own restaurant. And when he was at this restaurant working, he noticed Lola and eventually he got Lola Lola to come work with him and it didn't take long for the two to fall in love. So that's kind of like the story before they came to America. They, they come to America in the early 2000s. They land in Tampa, Florida, and they start working in a mall. I think it was like a strip mall. I'm not quite sure what type of mall it was, uh, but they started like where they were. There were multiple uh, food courts or like food concepts, and they started cooking for their coworkers and the other workers in the, the restaurants around them. And before long, they developed a really great reputation and they, enough of a reputation where they could do catering, and the catering evolved into a lowly's Mexican cravings and that opened in 2014 and now they have a food truck and three brick and mortars and again like this story is super inspiring uh, and I mean I think that's the big takeaway I want you guys to get from this is there's nothing stopping you no matter who you are or where, what your background is or or what you have uh, you can grind you can find a unique selling proposition you can start where you can even that's just cooking for your coworkers, and you can develop a reputation and you can grow over time and I hope you are as inspired by the story as I was so with no further ado here it is all right so with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest and I've got to be honest this is a shotgun interview this whole trip to Tampa Bay, Florida is a shotgun trip. So I don't even have last names for you guys. So I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. We have the two owners and the president of Loli's Mexican Cravings here to join us. Uh, why don't you guys just go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Josue Garcia. I'm the owner and founder for Loli's Mexican Cravings. Hi, my name is Maria Suarez. And you are the owner? Yes, I'm the owner. Second owner. And in the middle, we have Miguel Miranda. And I'm a runner, help run the company for uh, Lolis. President is the official title that I got. Sure, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> we don't run with titles around here. Oh, I don't. I actually like that. I like. A, yeah. I don't like hierarchy. Everyone just works together. Make sure we get it. it done. So I cannot wait to dive into your story. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Um, in English or Spanish? Uh, say however. Well, in Spanish, is uh, if you put it in your mind and. You you can you can see it in your hands. If you put it in your mind, you can see it in your hands. Si lo pones en tu mente, aparecerá en tus manos. So if you have a vision, you can vision, you can make yeah. it into a reality. Yeah, I love that. I I read I read that for a long time ago, but I think now is we need add to uh, you put it in your mind, and it's passed for your heart. You can take it in your hands. So how have you used that quote to serve you? Inspiration, inspiration, because um, um, I try. Uh, I I did in my life a lot of things, and I I I had a vision for something, and I work hard every day, and finally I had it in my hands. For example, 
one, one good example is my wife. When I saw her, I I I wore her for for her. And I, Are you two yeah. married? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah all this uh, I this is okay. This is gonna be interesting. I like it. Yeah. So and uh, and I I I opened a, a lot a lot of business in my life, and I broke in and and ones, and I had success success in in the other ones. But always I work in hard for to. I like to do the the things happen, you know. I work hard for, for example, um, I want my car in color pink, and all the all the the world tell me, ah, are you crazy? No, okay. I work hard for. I want to pin my car in color pink, and I working for that because that's what I want. When I, I got it, it's um. It's uh, como it's como un, uh, it's something I can do more things like that. You know, I love it. It's a, a step by step. It's important to have a vision. It's important to have dreams. To have something to work for. And do you? How did you keep yourself on track? What did you do to make sure your vision, your dream? Uh, I think around? I think the most important is you need you need to to know your talents. Mm. You know. If I want to be singer, I don't have the voice. My my my, I can I can't be a, a singer. So, but I can write a, a song. Maybe I had the talent for to write a song, but not for for singing. So, it's very important if you see your talent, and then you need you need um, how can we say fit it fit your your talent reading or practice. Mm. You know, if you have some talent. You know, and you work on that. I think you can you can do whatever you want. I love it. It's very important if you had your, because you you can you can do the things if you don't have talent, but you need more more. Como se dice esfuerzo? Effort, effort, repetition, experience, and and you can do it. Yeah, but if you had a talent and you had the knowing, the the success is. For sure. I love it. Awesome stuff. Um, so where does it make sense to start sharing your story? Uh, you both are from Mexico, correct? When, yes. Did you meet in Mexico? Were you? Yes. yes. Were you working in restaurants in Mexico? Yes. We. Our story, you want to know? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, we had, a, we had a, another, we had a business like Lolis in Mexico, but oh, another okay. kind of food. It's a more healthy food. Okay. Uh, we 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 sell the uh, salads and uh, um, como se dice hamburguesas vegetarianas con el pan. Vegetarian vegetables. With vegetarian hamburgers and uh, um, where in Mexico? In Celaya, Guanajuato. Okay. And uh, we start the business is the same with a dream, and uh, uh, little by little we had a uh, success. I was busy every year like lollies. Yeah. The people, the the phone call, the people in the line. We are very, very full, but uh, but we don't have the money for to grow up. Okay, when did you start your first business? When I had eighteen years. What? So I broke in another business. I opened a um, uh, business like two. I sell um, tostadas, and it was a terrible. I broke. <laughs> in, yeah. I, Wait. So that what was your first business? My first business when I, when I was a boy. I um, my my dad it was um, um, GM for a, a big company, and all the time he received the, the newspaper, a lot of newspaper. So 
I had a huge in my house. Uh, my mom is, is thinking to throw away for for the trash the newspaper, but I know. I heard the people in the market, they need the newspaper for to put the fish for for ah, sale. To wrap so, with. Yes. yes. So when, when my mom got to the market, I put all the newspaper in the, in, in the truck, and I sell the newspaper for Smart. The, Yeah, and all the time I try to make money wherever, wherever anyway, just... So you've been an entrepreneur as far back as you can remember. Entrepreneur for as far back since a little boy. Yes, for yeah. that reason, you, you, need to, you need to know your talent, you know, uh, what, what, what you want. All the time I, I saw when I, when I had uh, 18, 20 years, I told, with, I told with myself, so what is my talent? My talent, I like it sell. I'm a good seller. Mm. And I read a lot of the, 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 sales, the sales books. I know I read the, the McDonald's book, the Procter & Gamble the um, Domino's Pizza, Coca-Cola, I love... Students. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I like it, I like it, I know. So all the time I'm reading about that. And I think I'm, I learn a lot about the, a, a lot of the business. And, it's, um, and that's it. Awesome. So you guys meet in Mexico. You for, well, you did tostadas. You said you were selling tostadas on the street? Yes. And... At what point did you um, open the restaurant that set you up before coming here? The, you had a restaurant in Mexico, right? Yes. What year did you open that restaurant? When? Yeah. Oh, in uh, 2000. In, no, 1996. 1996. And did you know Loli at that point? No. Okay. She came later. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm curious, Loli, up to this point, what were you doing before 2000 or 1996? W- one, one important thing. We should mention Lily's a little shy. <laughs> let, me, let me know. I'm going to get her to talk before the I, end. I had, a, I had a good point about the, this. this um, like we are living right now, the pandemic. Yeah. I, I opened um, my, first, my first business. The name was Nutridom. Nutridom. Yeah, it's a nutrition to, to home. So in Mexico, the translation is nutrition a domicilio. I had a dream. I want to do it here again, but I gonna I gonna put the name Nutri Dom, the Domo of Nutrition, in the future when I have maybe in ten five years ten years. Okay. I had a dreams in in the storage, okay, but when I opened the restaurant in 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 1996, was the the devaluation in Mexico at the pressure revolution? Like, yeah, okay. no devaluation in a recession recession. recession. Thank you. You know, they changed the president and everything was terrible. The interest were high. Everybody lose their job. It's terrible. It's a, a, a bad recession in Mexico. So I started a business in that, in that, and that, um, ¿cómo se dice época? Time, during that time. That frame. time. Yeah. So all the time we, we, I was growing up. So it's no excuse for to open a business with pandemic, no pandemic, yeah. so it's no excuse. Uh, I, you know? I want to compound or just build off of what you're saying because I said if you can open a restaurant during the pandemic and yeah. be successful during the pandemic, 
you'll be fine. Like now is the best time to open a restaurant because if you can do it in these conditions, you'll be able to weather most storms going forward. And that's the same for you. When you opened in 1996 during the recession, the government, the, the economy was down. But if you can open a business under tough times, under restricted times, and you can be lean uh, and, you know, scrappy, uh, if you can do that and be successful, like you're only going to set yourself up for success, greater success in the future. Yes. Uh, I opened that business with only $10. Wow. When I come, when I come to United States <laughs> for, for more money for growing up, I opened a, a real restaurant. The value for that business is, a um, um, cuánto es? 300 mil pesos, $30,000. Wow. You know, even that thirty thousand dollars is brilliant. But in Mexico is a lot of money. Yeah, here now, but yeah. Mexico is a lot of money. Yeah. So, nineteen ninety six, you opened this restaurant. Was there any other business before this that you started that set you up for success? <laughs> Tostadas. Tostadas. And I uh, know, and we sell. We I was a seller. I went to another cities to sell. Um, did uh, you make the tostadas or did you just sell the tostadas? No, I made my tostadas okay. and uh, everything is, is everything was over when I crashed the car. <laughs> the tostadas car. Oh, the, man. The, the, <laughs> the, the business. No, I understand with that business, with that tostadas, I never going to be rich. You know? Yeah. And you're never going to be rich with tostadas. I need another kind of business. So, for. So what was the biggest lesson you learned with tostadas? Reflecting back. Um... The lesson for that for me was, I uh, I need to be proud about where I doing because when I sell tostadas, my my school partners, they was in the high school in the college, studying for lawyers or account accountant, and when they saw me in the tostadas car, uh, they laugh or that they they, okay, they they leave they oh, uh, stupid guy he's making business and he, I am I'm in school. And um, I learned about the um, I, I need the necesito necesitas defender tus ideales tus ideas. Translation is that he learned that he needs to defend his ideas to be uh. able to stay strong regardless of people are saying that it's a bad idea. To believe in yourself Correct. to okay and stay stay your course right. Yes. Yes. I learned about the if I like I I want to be. I wanna I wanna do something for the for 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 myself and, and do money, and I I learn about the you don't need sometimes the school for to be rich, you need to be smart. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, I learned that I I I some sometimes I feel embarrassing because I I don't make money I don't make it the the real, but that part of my life help me to do more strong. Mm. You know, I love it. I love it. It, it makes me more strong for for the, the the future problems. I love it. So, at what point? So, you said you had ten dollars for your first business, nineteen ninety six, to start your first restaurant. That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your plan back in nineteen ninety six? Did, did you have a vision then? Was your vision the same as when you had the tostadas, or did your vision change? My plan in ni- nineteen ninety six is survive. Yeah, so, survive the recession. Yeah, I had money for 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 myself. Yeah, for eat for for help to my family, because my my fat my 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 dad lost her, his job, my brother too. Every is you no, know, it was a disaster. Nobody had money, no jobs, no nothing. So I start my 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 own company because I need the money for me for my house for 
So Brian. Yeah. And how long did you have that business or do you still have that business? Uh, how long I have it? Yeah. S- uh, seven years, two thousand uh, nineteen ninety six to two thousand to when I come here to the United States. Okay, and you, you met Loli, your business partner, during this time, correct? Yes. So I was the first the first four years. They was very hard. Just only had I got money only for survive. And you know when you are grown up, you need to invest your money for more equipment, for more uh, employees. So if you you want you want a little more money, you need to invest for the for the el crecimiento, como se dice? Yeah. Growth. So this is a huge lesson. This is one of the biggest lessons I've learned that success in the restaurant industry isn't about creating opportunity for yourself so much as it's creating opportunity for others. And in doing that, you create opportunity for yourself. Yes. Yeah. I love you. But you knew this very early on. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yo, all, 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 all my life, I was thinking I was the open one restaurant. You, when, when I was like to 15, uh, 16 years. I was thinking. I read a lot, a lot um, uh, magazines about the business, the the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and I read about the franchise. And I say, okay, if I open one a small restaurant and I sell three thousand or four thousand, if I open a hundred, I can I can win. Um, mucho dinero. Yeah, much yeah. more, right? Mucho dinero. Yeah, yeah. So, so go ahead. just just I need to repeat the the one store. One, two, three, four, six times, and organize everything. I wanna, I wanna make money. Mm-hmm. So was I was when I think I have fifteen, sixteen years, and then I was, you know, I was reading, and you change your mind, but it's the same uh, essence, essencia, it's this essence, it's the same es- essence. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you didn't do that with your first restaurant though. Cause you had it for six years, right? So your plan was to come to, was your, was your plan always to come to America to, to, to execute, to do what you were reading about to scale, to create a big business? No, I think my, my is a plan of God. I think it's my destiny. Okay. I'm here for it's my destiny being here. Okay. It's clear for me because every, every year, every, every, Lowly, more lollies, everything. I think my place was here. It's, I'm sorry, is here in the, in the United States. Okay. And uh, real quick, Lily, I know you don't want to be on on the microphone, but I do want to know what you were doing before, because you are one of the owners. This is part of your story too, right? So, what were you doing? Maybe you can translate her, but um, <laughs> before, so before 1996, you weren't you were on your own. You didn't you hadn't crossed paths, right? up to this point. So what were you doing uh, up to 1996? Were you cooking? Were you a chef? No. Um, bueno, él es nueve años mayor que yo. Entonces yo todavía estaba en la escuela. <laughs> este, en el 96 yo tenía 17 años y estaba en la escuela todavía. <laughs> okay. So Miguel, please translate it for me. You're doing beautiful. That's perfect. So in 1996, uh, so Josue is actually nine years older. So 96, she was still in school. Okay. Tenías cuantos años? So she only had 17. She was only 17 years old. Got at that it, point. got it, got it. So, so they hadn't crossed paths yet. So you, did you hire Loli? Um, and, and like after, like maybe like later on in the business, the life cycle of the business? L- Loli's, I, I think I had a, a vision for a lot of things. I can see things that another people can't see. Yes. So, Lolis is was my best decision in my life. 
Ooh, that's sweet. You some, points, man. Someday we need more employees in the in my in my business, and uh, I saw her outside to the church. So my employee, she worked with me, and I, I and I give her a ride to the church, and I saw her and I said, oh, who who is that girl? You know, who is that blondie blondie girl? And that past was blondie. Now. <laughs> okay. Okay, he said, whom is that girl? It's, it's pretty. He said, oh, it's a friend. <laughs> okay. So, and then we need more employees for work there. He said, oh, I take her to my employees. Say to your, your friends, your blonding friends, she, she want to work with us. And she, my employees say not because it's my, it's my primo, my cousin. Ah. My cousin, he was working with me. And my employee liked my cousin. Okay. So, Lolis is, is it was very pretty, and she still says, is very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, more pretty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and uh, when the, my employee say, if, if I bring a Loli to work in, in with Josue, maybe uh, my, uh, my cousin he gonna he wanna fall in love with Lolis. Oh, okay. And so, and she wanna she wanna lose her opportunity. Okay. <laughs> so for that reason, she say, "Oh no, no, no! She no, she no, she don't want to work." Okay. <laughs> but she, eventually, she she lied me. But at, at that time, was really busy and we need help. So she need to say we asked a lot, another people we tried to hide in another people, and nobody come to work with us. So my employee say, "Oh, I want to tell to to Lolis if she want to work," and she say yes. Okay. The first day when she come to to the interview with me, ah. She, I, I, I don't like her. Oh. <laughs> she, she was only interested for the the salary. Oh, how much? How much? How much? Ah, how much you want? Uh, Fifteen pounds. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> and then little by little, I know her. So I like me like to like to to person. But and then I was uh, when I working with her. She's she was very fast, very good, cleaner, very smart. And then we 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 start to come and convivir. We start to no convivir, start todos los días. Feelings, uh, emotions, uh, interact, daily. interact. Yeah, interact daily, and uh, sometimes we want to eat uh, to eat some some uh, some lunch, something like that. So yeah. we was talking, and she was very funny, and uh, with, I I can I, I I start to see we we like the same things. Mm. Actually, we we like the same things. So we are thinking, what do you want to eat? And we are thinking in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we is the water or something like that, and we 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 touch we put, Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> you, the same. Very time. similar. Yeah. Yeah. We put a, a soda in the in the, in the middle of the in the movie theater, and when we got the the, the we put the, the hands together, <laughs> and we want to try to do some popcorns. Very so in put, tune. Yeah, very yeah. in tune. Very much alike. Yeah. Very, same interests. All, all the time he's. A, he, we, <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I like it the same. I like it the same uh, kind of uh, movie theater, music, uh, everything is. We are. It's my compliment. Yeah. You know, um, we, 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 when we, the last year we had uh, eighteen years married. Eighteen years. Nineteen. Nineteen. No, pero cuando te hice el video. Uh, I so two thousand two, you got married. Yes. 2002, you got married. Yeah. You had this first restaurant for six years. You started in 1996. So in 2002, you closed the restaurant. You got married. Uh, what was the plan at this point? The plan is come from for come here to the United States for myself. Okay. But 
And what was your what was your reason to to come to the United States for to save money for open uh, and another nutri dome more bigger bigger that's right so, you said yeah. that earlier okay yeah uh, 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 more nice the nutri dome but in my country it's very hard to find money mm. so it's more easy to come to United States and work two two years and you're gonna save the same money or more money like to the the government or something else is going to give you money for... Go back to Mexico. Yeah, and back met, to Mexico and open... Spread yeah, it further. Yes. Make, do more with it. Yes. So what, what we was boyfriend when I can, I tried to come here to the United States, but her parents, they don't they don't live here even though we are not married. Yeah. So we need to marry for she can with me okay. for the United States. Got it. Yeah. So and at this point, were you looking to... I mean, this is going back. 2002, you get married... Was it just because you wanted to be able to work together, or, or was it more than that? Okay. I don't even know why I asked that question. So, like, wh- I guess what I'm going, where I was going with that question is, like, was there a plan to go into business together at this point? Did you, did you have a vision for Lolis? But, you, no, you wanted to go back. So I guess let's just get to the point where you, you come to America, you come back to America to open. You opened in 2015. Right. So, what happened? Did you open the larger Notre Dame? We come, we come here for to, for to work and save money and back to Mexico, okay. And but then we had a uh, we had a baby, we had a daughter in two thousand four. So we need to wait a little more time, mm-hmm. two thousand five, two thousand six, and then we we save money in two thousand nine, and we was thinking to to back to Mexico. We had the money ready for back to Mexico, but and. In that time, the the new govern, government in Mexico started a war with the narco traffic, Ugh. so it was terrible, um, and the people they extortion, extortion the people they you know they started extortion the people for by phone, and and the, some uh, you know a lot of the gangs uh, you know a terrible terrible uh, yeah. very insecure, like our country so we we don't want to put on rigs our, our daughter. So when we decided to stay more time here in the United States, a little more. And so in 2009, we had another daughter. And uh, in 2011, another daughter. In 2009, uh, only two. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped with the, the third daughter. So, and then we had the money and the, and the, 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 situa- the, the, the situation in my country was a little insecure, um, still insecure. So uh, one day... One day in 2000, 2008, 2007, I don't remember what, what I, she made some dish for me, very delicious. And I told her, uh, Lolis, because her, the name the Lolis is because she is Maria Dolores. And the nickname in Mexico for Maria Dolores is Lola, Lolita, Lolin, whatever. Short it, nickname. Yes. Yeah. But my nickname for her when she was my girlfriend is Lolis. Okay. Okay. And so, and so, she made me a dish, a delicious dish, and I told her, "You had a talent for the food. You, you are like to singer. You are like to actor. So the people they need to know about your talent. And so someday we want to open a restaurant, and the people they want to make a line for buy your food. And after to fifteen, twenty years, you want to be most the most powerful in, in enterprises in the United States. <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here. It's gonna happen. Okay. It's so, happening. And then we decided that was a, a, a comment with her, w- 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 for her, but and then um, we t- we take the decision for to open a, a restaurant here in the United States. So we saw another another 
Mexican people start their business, and we say, why not? Why you well, and me? We, we so there's like 2011 where you start. Having, yeah, we start asking. Yeah, 2011, why not, 2012. Why not us? Why not we, we start to take the decision? So 2000 after my my third daughter in 2012, 2013, 2014, we we start to study the the market mm. and how how we can do the the things happen okay. here in United States. Awesome. Thank you for filling in the backstory to letting us know how you guys got to where you are today. Now is a great time to take our first break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to kind of start to unpackage what you started to do intentionally to get open with the first Lowly's in 2015. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure profitability and restaurant success, especially with this labor shortage. You need to rely and trust technology more than ever before. And dialing in your labor management is one of the most positive, dramatic impacts you can make on your business's bottom line. And when it comes to labor management, Seven Shifts is one of the most, if not the most, organically recommended labor management platforms on the show. Trusted by over 500,000 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the complete toolkit you need to easily manage your team's schedules, timesheets, communication, tasks, tips, and more all from one place. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system you're already using like toast to make smart operating decisions and turn labor management into a competitive advantage for your business. Restaurant Unstoppable members get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. We're back, and now I really want to dive in and dig deep into how you made your vision, your dream of Lowly's come to reality. So reflecting back 2012, what was your strategy? What was your plan? My plan for 2012 was um, uh, open a, a small restaurant, Mexican restaurant, because when I came here to Tampa Bay in 2012, there is not a lot of a taco spot in, 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 in Tampa Bay area. So when I tried the tacos in Tampa Bay, oh, this is terrible. Not lollies. Yeah, no. And I told her, <laughs> when somebody opens a good Mexican restaurant and taco, good tacos, he want to be rich. I told her in 2002. So I, I, I give them change. So in 2012, I, I take the decision for to open a, a food truck. And I know the, the quality for the food for her is pretty good. And... Um, and and then we start to we start to sell tamales from our house for a, we live in an apartment and uh we start to uh, we start to sell tamales to the people in, in in our apartment because someday she she brought up uh she said she brought her tamales to our job we work a, we 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 can mention the restaurant or no yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we was working in in international mall in some restaurant. Okay, and she brought some tamales. Uh, she make extra for the party, and the people try it, and they love it. So they all they they say, "Oh, delicious tamales! Please, oh, give me more for my family." My wife try it. My wife try it, and other people try it, and they love it. 
So they, they tried to place a small order for her and she gave the tamales for them. And then the, the, the order was so big, a hundred tamales. And they said, no, 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 you need to sell them tamales. So I saw the people they love the food, the kind of food, because I don't, I don't like a lot. Tamales is not my, yeah. my, my favorite food. But the people love tamales, so the people they start to ask for tamales, and we start to serve tamales in 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 the restaurant. So my strategy for open lollies was we take the decision to open a restaurant in the future in the couple of years. So I told her, well, we need to start right now making a new customers. So I start to 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 to, to sell tamales, and I tell her, each guy tell him. Recommend me with somebody else. Ooh, okay. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. And they call to another guy and another yes. restaurant. So I start to sell tamales in the other restaurant, uh, different our 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 company. And then I was famous in international. I'm more like to Mr. Tamales. Yes. So, I, I love this approach. And this is how I tell everybody. I think most people today think that to open a restaurant, they need to go spend a million dollars to get a restaurant and then they start. But the truth is you start with doing exactly what you did have a vision have a plan and start feeding people where you can right now i i I did that because i know their food their food her food is pretty good yeah so when they try it they 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 want to be our customers so if i more people know about their her food when you open uh, the restaurant you're they're gonna go to the restaurant and they're gonna try your food, and they wanna recommend it with more people. Yeah. So, and the one thing that comes to mind, and were you maybe you were doing this? I don't know. Were you collecting uh, contact information? Were you getting phone numbers and like ways to, to like reach out to people when as you were feeding them? Were you saying, "Give me your number, I'll call you," and uh, when we do something over here or the next time we make them? Were you building a network? Were you building a, a, a list of customers? Yeah, they know me because we we did that for years. Yeah, two, three, four years. So they know me when when they they call me Mr. Tamale. When I go, for <laughs> example, Cheesecake Factory and all the servers uh, uh, show me. Uh, did you show me? Uh, and another guy, ah, Mr. Tamales is here. Oh, I want a four tamales. Uh, <laughs> so you know. were you targeting uh, other restaurants? Were you trying to? So yes. You, so all what, the mall. What was the so all the restaurants in the mall? You, uh, those were your first clients, the the workers. Yeah, the restaurants they the know about it. We sell tamales every Saturday in okay. the nights. So everybody, oh, they when I I go to looking for the 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 sales. Yeah, because I can I can produce a lot a lot tamales and and we we I don't want to lose the you know the sales you know. So I was working about the chart about the pre pre sell. Pre-sale. Yeah, pre-sale. Yeah, you'd get so like tomorrow, how I, many do you I want? I go Thursday or Friday Smart. nights. Uh, how many you want? How many you want? Yes. So I, I make my list. When I had 200 tamales, I stop. Because <laughs> that's all you can handle. <laughs> yeah. I can do more. Would you, would you be happy when you'd come home with a list of 200 tamales? Would you be like, are you kidding me? i got to make 200 tamales tonight? <laughs> she, don't, she don't like it. It's a was hard. But here's a very important lesson about, about her because... Do tamales is very hard. It's very um, labor, too much labor, and a lot of dishes uh, dirty. I finished to to wash the dishes like two, two or three in the morning. Oh man! Sorry, after to sell the tamales. Yeah. And when we when we was making the tamales, we had our daughters crying, crying oh. in the in the apartment, yeah. and, and uh, fight, fighting, and, and you know desperate because they want to go 
to the beach or the or the yeah. pool. And when we saw our friends in the Facebook, eh, hey, picture, selfies, picture in 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 the beach, in 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 Disney, in whatever, she say, why why we don't do that? I told her we are building something for the future, so we can do that later. Yeah, yeah. Now we need to, como se dice, sembrar. Plant. So early, early on, when you first started making tamales, uh, and you were serving them to uh, people who are working in the kitchens at the the mall, were they were they mostly of the same nationality? Were they, were they Mexican workers? Or were they all type of people? Or were okay. you targeting people who knew your culture? Oh, whatever el que se deje, wherever, wherever, yeah. But I I I. I learned how the American people they like the food. I start, you know, in Mexico the, the tamale is more is different. Yeah, it's more more um, dough and less meat. Yeah, and I I I I was learning about the American. They they love more the meat like to the dough. So I put more meat in the. So they love the tamales, and uh, and I know the people they know they know they don't know what is a sope, what is torta. I'm one of but, those people. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. But. They they know what is tamale. Yeah, they love tamales and they love the tacos. Uh, so I I learn about the the American people what they think. Culture. So yeah, uh, yeah I I try to do the the lollies with the the quality Mexican quality, but for the American people, our our market. Got you it. know, so uh, I don't looking for uh, I looking for all all the all the the the, the people, Asian people. Now the Chinese people, yeah. Indian people, they like it, tamales. I think that the tamales is like to pizza and hamburgers. So uh, me, when I look to eat ethnic food, whether it's Indian or Korean or Mexican or whatever it might be, I look to see if there are, are people of that culture eating there because that's my cue that that must be really good because if people who know what good – Mexican people know what good Mexican food is, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're eating there, then that's my cue to go to that place because – and I was curious – if that's kind of if you could build a clientele of people who know good Mexican food, then others would follow. But it sounds like you were trying to get everybody. You were trying to recruit as as many people as possible. Loli, Loli, I'm curious. Were, were, did you want this? Did you want to open a restaurant? Was that what your vision was too? Was this when when Jose was saying, uh, Jose was saying, we're going to open a restaurant. We're going to do this. Uh, did you want that? Was that what you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Did you believe that this could be what it is? No, no creí no. que podía llegar. Bueno, yo creo en él, en lo que él, él sueña, pero no creí que podría ser a lo mejor tan rápido o tan grande. Yeah. No sé cómo explicarlo, porque lo veo y a veces siento que como por ejemplo este lugar es muy bonito, es grande, está en el lugar que él quería y siento que, o sea, lo veo y a veces siento que no lo creo. So she believes in Josué. Okay. Um, not necessarily the dream, she just believes in him and what he can do. Okay. Um, she didn't believe he could go as fast as it's actually going or as big. Uh, obviously the restaurant we're in right now, this building, is actually that he, he saw it a while back and he dreamt about it being this actual place. Yeah. And so he definitely manifests things to, to come to happen. She believes in that, uh, but not necessarily that, you know, it wasn't necessarily that, not that it was not her dream. It's just, she just believes in him and, yeah. and follows him along. What, what is it 
about Josué that you believe in? Porque yo lo he visto, bueno, lo conozco hace 22 años y siempre lo he visto luchar por sus sueños y hacerlos realidad. Por eso yo creo, o sea, yo creo en él por eso, porque lo he visto luchar, porque lo he visto lo que cree, lo logra, como lo dijo él al principio. Si lo pones en tu mente, lo puedes poner en tus manos. Entonces, por eso yo lo he visto hacerlo, por eso creo en él. I have no clue what you're saying, but I, we have Miguel here. <laughs> so she, the reason she believes in him is because, um, and I'll, I'll put my two cents forth on that, is yeah. that he he's done what he says he's going to do. And so she's seen, she's seen it over and over again for the 20 years, plus years she's known him. Um, she's watched him, you know, put an idea out there and make it happen. Yeah. And so she believes in his ability to get things done. Yeah. And that, that brings us all the way back to the opening quote the mantra that you shared that have your vision, have your dream. And when people make fun of you say, screw you anyway, I'm, I'm going to do this. And you, if you stick to it and you do what you say you're going to do over time, that integrity, your reputation, people will follow you because they've seen before that you, you do what you say you're going to do. Right. Yeah. 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 I love that. So I, I want to get into like some of like the nitty gritty, and I think it might be tough with the language barrier for me. But when you were opening, um, when you when when you were going through this process, you started with just kind of getting feeding people, putting food in malls, and that, that's the best place to start. But how did you get out of the other kitchen and out of your your um, your apartment building and start actually legitim- like legitimizing the business? And like, what was that bridge like? Getting to the point where your was it a food truck? Is that what you started? Is that, is that what we want to try the food truck in, in a Harley Davidson in the memory, but for any reason is destiny. We, 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 we try to, we don't have enough money. We try to go to a partner. We have some different with the partner. And then somebody called, called us for the location in, in, in Benjamin and was cheaper is we had the money and we start that business with our saving and we we think it's gonna be enough, but when we opened the restaurant, we saw it's not enough. Yeah. So we need to make some depth for us. Yeah. And so that's that's the number one challenge for people when they're opening. I believe is that they're always undercapitalized. They always think they have enough, but they it's always never quite enough. So you you didn't have it enough, but you still survived. How did you survive? Uh, working hard. Yeah. And 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 the thing is a. Uh, no, my my strategy was get a lot of customer in the mall. So I had a lot of people believing in her food. So when we open Lolis, I know we we can we can pull that people and the people they gonna recommend on us. Mm-hmm. So the the rent was cheaper and our our um say our bills was a little cheaper. So little by little the people we want and then we we sell in the mall only tamales. When we open Lolis, we add tacos. Okay. And we had uh, uh, quesadillas and other things. So, do uh, do one thing really well. Is one thing that we've also learned in the show. Just just put all of your energy at first into doing one thing really well because it's much easier to do one thing really well than try to do many things really well. We chose the tamale because the the tamale is very hard for the labor, but it's very easy for to sell. Yeah. So the tamale can keep warm or hot for hours. Yeah. Three four hours. So you do tacos, 
the tortillas, you know, yeah. is is, uh, is not the same. Is way is broken or whatever. The quesadilla is bad in 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 thirty minutes. So the tamales is the best things for to sell, but not for for to do. Yeah. It's very hard. So the first number one, the first lolis, was that in the mall? No, it's in Benjamin. Benjamin, was it close to the mall? Yeah. No. Okay. It's uh Benjamin is uh Benjamin and veterans. Uh, okay, it's uh, like to 20 minutes. Okay. Like, to the more 15, 20 minutes. So when you moved away from your original, the majority of your core customers were at the mall, right? Was it a challenge uh, to go so far away to people that, that didn't know who you were? It was a very hard challenge for us. Yeah. Almost, I was, we can't sleep for the debt, you know? Um, and, but we still believe in, in our dream. Mm. So it's very hard. So we need to leave our apartments because when we do the tamales, we do an apartment, a small apartment. So, and we move another, another, another side to the city. Yeah. So we need to move our uh, uh, another house near to the restaurant for our daughters. Yeah. So in the first six months, I don't see my daughters. Wow. All the time with the babysitter in school and babysitter, and we was working for fourteen, sixteen hours every day. Wow. Monday through Saturday. And the the Sunday, our, our um, when we start lollies, we close the Sunday for months, for two, three, four months. The Sunday was our only day for uh, for te- for take off um, for off day, but that day we need to to get to All take your the personal adult, life. No, <laughs> yeah, we need to do it with the daughters to yeah. the to the park to the bush garden. And so we are very 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 tired, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, and then, so we need we need to believe for 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 your dreams, and you know, the 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 success is not for for everybody. So the what is not for everybody? Success. Success. Is it? Success. 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 Okay. Yes, it's yes. not for every everybody. You need to pay the the price. Sacrifice. If no, everybody could be rich. Yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. So you need to work hard for that. For that. So when did things start to change for you? Because you, you were working, was it just the two of you from uh, in, at Lolis uh, on day one? Did you have a team of people? Okay. We, we, no, we started Lolis with four people. With four people. A, a friend. Yeah. And now he's a GM for the new Lolis. Yeah. He believed in us. He don't charge any money. Wow. Free salary. Wow. He was believing in us. And, uh, and he's only... He say I, I can help you for a couple of months or a couple of weeks. No, don't pay me. And when you get tips, I, I can survive for the tips. Okay. When he start to when we start lolly, he 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 wants three dollars per day, and then for eight dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars. But after a month, he wants almost two hundred dollars per. Just per because of the tips. Tips. Wow. Yeah. So because, when did things start to turn around for you? When did you really start to accelerate? Because you said it was really hard early. Because uh, you didn't it's, have the it was was w- was a little quickly because we had uh, some customers in the mall. Got it. If you start a, if you start a new business with nobody know you, yeah, you need you need very very hard. Um, ¿Cómo se dice autoestima? You you need hard? you yeah no autoestima is uh, you believe in yourself for for be strong, believing in yourself. You know but, it's yeah. Um, because you can have a good food, but if nobody, if nobody knows Self you. Self-confidence? Is that a good tra- translation? Be confidence yeah. in yourself? Belief in yourself? Autoestima. Yeah. Yeah. So 
when I have business in Mexico and the Nutridome, I start and everything. I, I trust in my food. The first thing you you need to believe in your in your product. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe in your product, no one else will. Nah. Yeah. For, yeah. Sometimes when she start to make the tortillas, she 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 makes some recipe, and and it doesn't work. And and I tell her, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, and she was very angry. Oh, he, he, he. Yeah. <laughs> but she she did it, and now. Now the, the, the consequence is that she had a fire restaurant and the people love the tacos. And, uh, you know, you've been, when we start to sell tacos, we, we do our, our own tacos and we don't like it. We don't like the, the meat, we don't like the tortilla, we don't like the, the sauce. And we, we prefer to go to the, the food trucks, Mexican food truck, and buy the tacos. And then because they have more flavor. Mm -hmm. And I told her, if we want to sell tacos, we need to love our food. When we do the, the when we love to eat our tacos, we are ready for to sell tacos for the rest of the people. Yeah. And, uh, so, take us through the evolution um, of the business as far as the the things that you started doing. Uh, like, what what were there things that you started doing that made a big difference in people showing up, or was it just constant pressure over time and slow slowly gradually people learning about how good your tacos and your, your Mexican food is? My, my, I always, I tell them, uh, quality plus, um, speed is success. Yes. Okay. Quality plus speed is success. So all the time you need to focus on your quality. If something is working, you don't need to fix nothing. Just only you need time and perseverance for to do the things. Yeah. So when we start Lolis, the, 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 the newspaper, make a review about our us so more people scam mm. new people scam to us with the newspaper on their uh, under their their, yeah. their arm and then and in december the you know in 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 uh, in someday the the tampa tribune they make a, a, a awesome uh, review yeah. about us boom boom there everyone that day was we, we was very crazy and it started a star the como se dice la bola de nieve. The word spread. Yeah. Yeah. It's and and um, how long did it take you to get that review from the day you opened 2015 to when you got got the review? The first reviews is um, was in a month. One month. So yeah. Well, yeah, well we started in, in January and in, fe in February was the the first review. So uh, it was we, pretty quick. That you yeah, guys, pretty quick. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. The thing, if you have something good, and uh, the working mouth. The people is recommending you, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and you run out. So you said speed and quality, quick yeah. and quality. Those are two things that usually don't typically go hand in hand. Usually, traditionally, you got to sacrifice quality for, for speed uh, is what you see happen often. How did you, what did you do? What's your advice for having both? How did you maintain quality and not sacrifice quality for, for speed? When, when you grow up, sometimes they they can be the same some things they, they, they need to kind but the 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 90 or 95 percent they need you need to keep the quality for that you know sorry um, um uh you can stay with a small business and keep the quality all the time you know you you can you can keep it small for a long time but someday the life they're gonna show you the things change if you don't grow up 
maybe you can you can pay the price the price for for being a small one you need you never you stay in your comfort zone you know you don't you don't grow up if you can do it um you 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 can you can um lose in in the life you know i i think i think he told me about the quality and and uh speed, speed. yeah I think is the is is the is the f- the formula for the ex for the success. Um, you need to be smart for to create that. A, a good example is a Chick Fil A. Yeah, Chick Fil A is a speed and quality. So they 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 created the, the system something for to do quality and um, and flavor and mm-hmm. speed. Yep. And I guess I'm curious. Um, do you think it's because you how big was your menu at this time? How many options? It's not too big. It's just uh, a couple of things. Uh, they are very. Uh, it's, it's a small thing, but for that reason, we 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 don't add more more things because we want to do something easy but good. But by choosing not to do a lot, you are able to do a few things really quickly and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to, to explain why it works, so they actually had uh, a bigger menu then than they have now. Okay. So they had the tacos, the tamales, the sopes. Tortas, quesadillas. Five items. Five items. But if you look at the menu, it was really Lots based on proteins. Same, same proteins, just done different ways. Uh, so the speed came from the fact that um, even though you had a lot of variety, from a customer point of view, looking at a very varied menu, it was really the same thing over and over yeah. again. So Which is it, one of the reasons why Mexican food is so successful because right. it's a lot of the same ingredients just put together differently. Yeah. So one thing that, so that's how you get the speed going. The other part of it from the quality um, and something I've learned from them is that they are very particular. Um, not only the recipe and being right, especially Lola is really good at breaking it down to understand where the quality identifiers are going to be. And that's the part they don't give up. So that the, it's just being smart on, um, you know, what's important, what's not important. And what's important, they don't deviate from. Then what's not important, they give themselves some leeway. Um, and Lola's phenomenal at really understanding, you know, what's it going to make that tortilla just right? What's going to make the, the meat taste just right? What's going to make the pico de gallo taste just right? And they kind of went backwards on creating the recipe as well as the process behind it to make yeah. sure it's the same every time. So Miguel's on the mic now. Um, Miguel, you've been sitting here patiently for almost an hour helping us out <laughs> uh, when you can. Um, thank you. You've been super helpful. Uh, when did you come on scene? About two years ago. Two years ago. So two, 2020 or 20, 2019? 2019. 2019. Probably beginning of 2019. Uh, where was Loli's in 2019? So 2018. Um, Benjamin, yeah, so 2018, the original store on Benjamin, is uh, it's an old building. Uh, we call it the Big Pink House. Um, they only had the front half of that building, so I would probably think it's, it was probably around 300 square feet they had to work with. Um, the back part of the building was a granite uh, shop, and they had the entire parking lot and everything else. So to the left of the building was a big open field, which everybody parked. Around 2018, the owner of that open field was talking about developing the space, Uh-oh. meaning planning a building, and Josue started to get really nervous, thinking that there goes our parking. if the parking lot's yeah. gone, there goes the business. Uh, the restaurant's on a two-lane road, very busy. There is no street parking. There's nothing. Um, so he started kind of thinking about, I need, I need to get a different location. 
Um, he was getting at that point, several people already interested in investing in him and uh, a friend of his offered to just go get a second location in case he, he really thought the original location was going to have to close. Yeah. So they built Lowly's two, um, probably about two miles away. Okay. I saw that home. it was really close, very close. And it was only done because he thought Benjamin was going to close cause he was, the parking lot was going to be gone. Um, as destiny would have it, the granite company left <laughs> and he was able to expand and he got the entire parking lot where the granite company used to be. And that's what I was hoping that was going to happen. And I love when that happens is the slow, natural, organic growth. When If you're looking for a space that's turnkey, awesome. If you're looking for a space that's turnkey and has a failing business right next to it, yeah. even better. Because then you can slowly, you can start small, do mostly pick up or like you start small, keep your liabilities your costs as low as possible. And then as things get bigger, as word spreads, you can blow out a wall. Right. Right. And is that what you got? Is that what happened? Did you blow the wall out or did you, did you, they just took over the space and and the restaurant is still the same size. Um, they just took over the storage space. Um, so they actually had a commissary down the road where they did most of the production. Ah. Again, the original kitchen, uh, legitimately it was about, it's still 10 by 10. Um, when did the commissary come on scene? Uh, around the same time. So they actually rented a space from uh, another restaurant, and that's what they started doing. It's a lot of the prep work. So they would bring the prep over to the restaurant and then run the daily. So I'm curious, now 2021, post-pandemic, this huge shift in how people are ordering, are you doing all the delivery out of the commissary? And- so um, really the, the, the commissary was built to support the original store. When the pandemic hit, um, I remember that day because that's when I was really starting to come on board. Um, we had plans. Timing, right? <laughs> yeah, we had plans for doing other things. We already had the third store. Yeah. Um, so I'd kind of been on the periphery. I helped them negotiate some of the leases. We started talking about how to grow the company. Um, we had we brought the entire management team to talk about how to grow and, and be better leaders. And all of a sudden, they announced that you know. Uh, COVID restriction, you know, restrictions starting to happen and we realized that this is going to be a big issue. Um, so we had to shut down, um, pretty much most of, well, we didn't shut down the restaurants, but we had to let go a lot of the staff. Oh, that's rough. Um, uh, so we had a big team meeting. Um, it was tough. Lola was, was very upset crying because we had people that have been working for us for a long time mm-hmm. that we unfortunately had to say, um, you know, uh, we have, we have to wait and see yeah. what happens. Uh, we were throwing darts trying to figure out, you know, what was the minimum we're going to do and what's how much sales we could possibly get. Um, so we, the commissary, what we did was we took out all, um, big cooking operations and mainly the tamales out of the restaurants. So at that point before that, every restaurant made its own tamales, made the carnitas and everything else. Because we're going to have a limited staff, we have no clue how much business we're going to have. We figured, okay, what's the minimum number of employees that can handle the Alamanu part? And so we moved all the prep to the commissary. And so then the commissary became very important because we had a smaller group of people that really knew the recipes, that had a lot more speed, um, and they'd be more consistent. That way we didn't lose quality. And then we just from there started taking everything to the stores. I love that. Um, we weren't sure what business was going to be. We, we actually set a baseline of if we could hit 5000 a day across all the restaurants would be good. Um, I think for two days it was like 5000 6000 and then immediately it jumped back up again. Um, before that, they didn't do any takeout, I mean, any online orders. So we quickly put an online order system in. 
Um, we quickly started putting curbside order in. It's just, you know, we, we, we had to adapt to what was going on. So I kind of feel like I need to give you a little respect and kind of give you the backstory of who you are and what, what sets you up for success to come and join as mm-hmm. a, I mean, you don't have titles, but you, you have a, a very big leadership role here. What would you say is it, would you, is a president a good equivalent title if somebody was trying to figure out who we're talking to? Um, probably maybe director of operations director of or just yeah. guiding. You know, we we work equally on how we're going to move the company forward. Yeah. And so what were you doing before this? So I, I have a consulting company uh, that we do. You know, we work with concepts around the country, whether concepts that are already growing, uh, like IE Chick Fil A, or some concepts where it's a idea in the back of someone's napkin and we're going to grow it and then we actually take that idea and expand it and grow it we what look were you at, doing before that uh so before i started that company i was the uh, managing partner for the capital grill and so i ran philly new york city a couple other stores throughout the company the year uh throughout the country um, did that for about 11 years and part of that i worked for a lot of other mom and pop uh restaurants so i started my career at 18 uh, I was waiting tables. Uh, actually, I was my first job was bussing tables. Um, that was day one. Uh, day two, they made me a server, and I think like by week four, I was a manager. <laughs> so, wow. And and tell you, there was no training. But I was fortunate that the restaurant I worked at was a small little place, Italian place. The three servers were all these older guys that worked in the cruise industry before that. And so at eighteen, they took me under their wings and really taught me what what hospitality was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what changed my trajectory. I was in college, uh, studying engineering and accounting. Um, but Which I fell in I've love noticed with- that engineers do really well in this industry. They have the wiring to figure it, to solve problems and to, right. and to find efficiencies. And that's what it's all about. Really. I, think I call it controlled chaos. Yeah. That's what the restaurant is. Yeah. It, there's a, no day goes as planned. And so you have to have some systems in place to deal with what you know is going to come down the line. Um, yeah. and be able to maneuver through it. So when did you leave the Capitol grill? 2010, 2011. And how long were you with them? Uh, about 11 years, 11 years. Why leave? Uh, just personal you know, situations. I had to make some, some moves. Yeah. Uh, great company, phenomenal company. Actually, Josue and Lola used to work for them as well, just across the street, uh, which I think this is what makes Is that this... how you knew each other? Or... No. Um, so their boss, um, their original boss, left the company, and he started a financial services company. When I moved from uh, Washington area to Tampa, I reached out to him just cause, to connect with people uh, through LinkedIn um, we became, you know, we're, we became friendly. I knew him from just, um, uh, from meetings and stuff like that, but we became friendly here and we started working together and trying to figure things out. And, um, he actually hired me to coach him personally, who, uh, who hired you? the, their former boss, okay, gotcha, gotcha. uh, just from personal stuff going on. And so what we, um, started talking and during that same time, Josue had reached out to him and saying he was. Uh, his company was growing. He introduced me to Lowly's, and so he's the one who put the two of us together. Got you. Um, and then you, when did you start your firm? Uh, 20, 2010, 2011. 2010 or, yeah. And um, do you still work with multiple different brands? Are you still doing – is that so business the, still going? Yeah, so when the pandemic hit, um, obviously we a lot of things kind of stopped. Yeah. And so you know, I started working with Josue and Lola, you know, exclusively focusing with them. I do also have a, a restaurant finance company. We do restaurant accounting. And so we do have some other clients through that, but I don't work with them directly. My okay. main focus is with Lolis. Okay. So how many different restaurants were you working with pre COVID-19? Pre COVID-19? Like, 
lots, lots, <laughs> lots. Um, you know, so the engagement was looking at you know leadership development. So I also teach at USF uh, okay. and do teach leadership development there for University like of South do, Florida. Like, a whole other episode, uh, yeah, just in your story. <laughs> but what what was it when you? I mean, it sounds like you had a lot of options. In in the beginning, in 2019, you could have went to go work with a lot of different groups, a lot of different restaurants. Right. There was something that was special about this one that it almost seems like you put a All lot of eggs, eggs in one, in one basket. basket. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, well, you know, why it, is the question? So the pandemic hits, and so it means basically the the, the ship is capsized, and yeah. I think you look around and you see rafts, and we all clung to the same raft. Yeah. And what I saw from Loli's, the first time I met Josue, we were at the original restaurant. Uh, sitting at a picnic table out front. I had never been to Lolis. Actually, I, I live on the other side of the bay, so I didn't really come to Tampa that much. So I didn't. I didn't know about Lolis. Um, Adam, the our uh, the friend that we knew both knew, had told me that it's the best uh, Mexican food in town. I looked it up online. It looked great. Um, I got to the restaurant. It definitely. It's the we always say that the typical hole in the wall type look. You know, it's kind of built out. But there was a line at the door the entire time we talked. And we were there for about three hours talking. And the whole entire time, that line just didn't see it. People kept coming. There's something going on. And there was people in suits sitting on the curb eating their tacos. Um, and I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Then uh, I did try the food. Later, I came back with my wife. We ordered some food. And I realized this, this has legs. You know, you're in this industry for 30 years. You recognize... Um, you know what, what, what has legs and what doesn't. So let's get into the details of what you saw then that made you think this is a good investment. This is something that is worth my time and energy. What made it have legs? Well, kind of like Lola is I we we believe in Josue. Yeah, and I think that Josue has you know for for as much as I talk about leadership and all the books, you know he he's a reader, so am I, and you read about stories of other individuals. But you don't always get to meet those individuals. Mm-hmm. And Josue reminds me of a lot of the characters in those books uh, just in the early, early years. And so I always thought there's this this has potential. Aside from the fact that it's delicious. Everyone thinks yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so if you have a great product and you've got someone who's got vision to to move forward, it doesn't get caught and up on the small things. You know, like- um, there, there's a lot here. And then the more I got to know them and then watching Lola truly – you know, for not being a you know a trained chef at you know at the CIA or anything like that, she knows more than most chefs I've ever encountered. Yeah. Um. You know how to break down a recipe, how to break down really what does or doesn't work. Um. You know, her eye for detail yeah. is so so acute. So there was a recipe there for for future success, and I think that if I can come along and help them, um. You know, look at the the business administration side of it. Make sure that's right. The, this thing can go far. And Josue has always said that uh, Lolis can make it to Japan. And so I'm like, and I believe it. And I look at it, you know, there's no... The brand is awesome. You know, I love yeah. the brand. I love the color. Like, it pops. You know, it definitely stands out. And, and this is fresh in my mind because I just read Peter's book. He's behind me. He's he's the reason why I'm here. He called you guys out. He said, there's something going on here. You got to capture this story. He talks about just um, contrast or uh, just a position. Am I saying that right? Just a position. I don't know why I'm struggling getting that word. You know what I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to say. I mean, just, 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 juxtaposition. Ten. I think I'm saying it correctly. Correct. But just contra- when things pop, right. this brand definitely pops and your story pops and you guys are great people. But back in 2019, right, um, what were you seeing then that was missing to, to get it to get it to Japan? 
You know, like what what was the, the, the mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform. Right. How did Lolis have to transform still at this point? Obviously, they were doing a lot right. Right. But what, what needed to, to go even further to get it to the point where it could really spread? So I believe, um, I guess, you know, one of my mantras is really the idea that um, there's two things. One is there's businesses and there's companies. And they're not the same thing. And I think a lot of people look at things and say, oh, I, I got a company. No, you really have a business. And business requires you to be in it. Um, so most entrepreneurs have a business. To, true, to get it to a company stage, which means that it has a living, breathing entity on its own, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of who's leading and who the owner is or anything like that, uh, requires leadership to change from entrepreneurial power to procedural power. That means that it's no longer being willed to survive, but, but the actual process is what's going to make it go. And having worked with entrepreneurs you know, for the last umpteenth years, that's the difference, you know, and one thing I did learn working with Capital Grill and understanding, you know, how they grew their business. You know, when we opened up the Capital Grill in New York City in the, in the Chrysler building, uh, we didn't do any marketing, you know, and it wasn't because, you know, New Yorkers embraced us. They, they thought we were some outsiders. Uh, yet from day one, we immediately got it. And a lot of it had to do with the fact we had a lot of systems and processes. Now, we're owned by the world's largest restaurant company. It's expected to have these systems and processes. And most independent restaurateurs don't have that. So my vision was to sit down and work with these companies and say, hey, how do, how do I transform you from entrepreneurial power, in other words, your will, to a procedural power, which means it automatically works correctly. And um, what it does there is it actually creates the quality of life those entrepreneurs crave. Uh, a lot of them actually have the success. They have the money. They have the prestige. But they can't leave it uh, because the moment it's taught, they walk away from it, it all falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you got to remove yourself from the business and have it stand on its own systems, processes, procedures, protocols, yeah. culture, yeah. Uh, rituals, things like this. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a couple of things: people, process, and profits. And so, once you understand how to develop the people, who the people should be, what is the process behind replicating success, and where's the financials to support it properly, uh, make sure that we actually can continue doing what we're doing. Once that's done, then we can actually grow the business from there. And that's what was at the time missing. And, and um, you know, it's been a learning situation for me, obviously understanding um, Josue and Lola, how they think, what the concept really is. Yeah. I'm learning every day and then vice versa. They're learning from me as to, uh, you know, what we have to do as a business and how to grow the business properly. So did you reach out to them initially? Or did they reach out to you initially? No, our friend Adam is the one that connected us. Well, so, you worked together too, or in the same building at one point. But did you know each other when you? Because at Capital Grill, they no, were, they were here in Tampa. I was overlapped different times. No, no, I never worked in the one here got in Tampa. I I moved to Tampa because I got tired of the snow up north. So I was yeah. I was already running my consulting company. I left the Capital Grill long before that. Yeah. Um, I just knew Adam from you know. Uh, GM conferences and things like that. So did Lola and uh, Jose, did you know that you needed help? Were you looking for help? Did you know that you had to, you had to get somebody else in? The success is not for one people. You need, you need to, to you need to surround yourself, yeah. surround yourself for, for uh, in, in, intelligent people. Yes. You know, because you have some, some skills and others no. So another guys we need, you know, I know for if we want to go to Japan, Japan is another is a thing things like to to say to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so maybe the Japanese don't like it, the tacos. I, I don't know. But 
You know, it's like <laughs> it just was an expression. Yeah. But for sure, uh, we can we can go to the Europe. You yeah. know. And I saw another company like two Five Guys or, or Chipotle. They are on there. So why LOL is not? So yeah. it's a question. So by saying that, you're saying you want to take this thing as far as you can go without getting closer again, right? The other side of the world. You want to take it as far as possible. Maybe even to the moon someday, right? Why not? Um, so I guess the, the things I want to know before we start to like wrap up uh, is like what were the things that you had like when you came on board 2019, one location, just went to two? Because they opened the second location in 2018, so they had two. You had two locations. Yeah, they just opened the second location. Uh, when is when I came on? Well, when I really came on board, we had just opened the third location. But between the second, I met him right as he was thinking about the second location. We talked for a while. We did just periphery work, uh, nothing really concrete. Um, I came in during the second location, did some consulting. Um, he was thinking about the third, which is on South Tampa. And so for that location, I, I negotiated the lease for them and got that squared away. You opened that in 2019. E- I think so. The dates aren't too important. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're in that, so we're at time. So Gandhi had just opened up when we started talking about doing more things. Uh, and then second location. It, third location. Third, okay. And then the pandemic hit. Okay. And then now you have five locations, correct? This is the fifth. Opening. Yeah, so during the pandemic, uh, we quickly realized after we made the adjustments, you know, and I, th- I think where opportunity presents itself, the pandemic helped us see how to better run the, the restaurants more efficiently. How did that happen? Well, like I said, it's you know, we, we had a force. We had to look at how do we run the restaurant itself with as little as possible. As little possible. Yeah. And for us that to happen is we have to remove some of the, the prep. And so when you have a business where your, your calling card is homemade, you know, handmade items, um, you know, it, you re, it's hard to scale to find enough people that can actually really t- do that for you. Yeah. So for about, you know, pretty much the last two years, we've been looking at how do we scale? How do we look at each position? How do we look at each food product and how, do, how can we do it in the most economical yet quality still being the same? So moving things to the commissary helped to start doing that. How? So Why? Um, well, you know, you, you, you get better at what you do consistently. So as opposed to having different people, different shifts, different locations, making tamales, it's much easier to have all the tamales made in one place. You move by, all the skill positions to one place yeah, and then, yeah, basically, and then just farm out everything and then else. Basically at the different locations are essentially servers. Yeah. Uh, to some court, aspect. Yeah. So, I mean, putting it together. Yeah. So if you look at it, for instance, take Pico de Gallo, Pico de Gallo has to be made pretty much right near the time you're going to sell it yeah. right because of the avocado the onions the tomatoes start to break down those things you can't so that has to be done in the store yet carnitas uh it takes time to cook it but it does hold we can make that in a centralized location and also you know economies of scale it's easier if we're all cooking a bigger batch at the same time versus having to each restaurant go out and try to figure it out and then if you look at quality although yes you know it is about training and developing people um, as you and I both know, with the labor market, especially it is today, it is harder to find people who have the aptitude to cook and to uh, to have the proper proper palate to understand uh, taste profiles. You know, the problem in the restaurant business is we're not making widgets. This is not a factory that's stamping out 
you know, a, a bolt or anything like that. And we're working with ingredients that are not equal. You know, a head of lettuce is different. Uh, you know, a side of beef is different. Uh, you have to look at the marbling and different taste profiles. So you have to work with people that can understand that. As you're growing the company, the more you require skilled people, the, the slower you're going to go. Yeah. And so we, we looked at it and started, okay, how do we minimize um, the requirement of high, highly skilled individuals at the stores as well as keeps the, the highly skilled people yeah. at the commissary? Because Jose's whole thing was quality and speed. Correct. Which is hard to achieve. When I heard that, I was like, how are you doing that? Because that's, that's where it's hard to maintain quality and have speed it's, it's one of the biggest challenges out there because of all the things you just listed um what were the other things like as far as systems go uh what systems did you bring in that weren't here before to help go from two locations to three locations to now five locations because i think scale is probably the hardest thing for most entrepreneurs well i mean the the concept is not superly difficult meaning if you compare it to a fine dining yeah. right and so the, there's not as many moving parts um, the challenge with any business is always comparison to the first one, right? So you have a lot of customers that say only oh, the original Lowly's has the best food, um, which we always find ironic because we do a lot of things from the commissary. So, and we've even, even the original crew has moved on to the newer stores. So there's always that perception. So how do we fight that perception? And that's something that really Lola comes in on a regular basis is quality checks on everything over and over again. But also recognizing um, that we may have to do things differently. And what worked maybe in 2019, you know, 2018, doesn't work in 2021, 2022. So, for instance, in this store, we are changing the layout of the assembly line. Um, typically, all the restaurants, you order the food, the cook starts putting the meat together, and then eventually passes it off to the expo. And it's, it's a lot more hand-holding and being driven by one individual. Um, this store, we're going to switch over to more of an assembly line. And we're testing something out. And now it may not work. Um, we think it will. <laughs> but the point being is that we're testing and we're evolving to, in this situation, we're trying to solve a speed situation. We feel this store here is going to have the highest volume of all the stores. And the way we're currently doing doing it, we can't pump out enough food fast enough to appease people's short time span to have to eat, especially at lunchtime. Yeah. Um, no different than what Chick-fil-A has done. You know, Chick-fil-A over the pandemic has changed their drive through They moved to double lanes, right? And then they actually now have conveyor belts that actually bring the food from the restaurant over to the further uh, lane. They've evolved. They've looked at it and said, how do we make things differently? Um, you know, we're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, how are you trying to differentiate differ, differentiate yourself from other – I mean, Mexican is a very popular cuisine, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not as popular, as popular as it was back in 2012 when you had the conception. But today, there's a lot of options out there. I feel like what are you doing to differentiate from other – competitors quality first yeah um, brand and i mean that's that's the only thing you can really do is quality 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 you know we we recognize there's a, a certain parts of the dish is what makes it special that whether you're from mexico or you're from new hampshire that you, you will recognize there's something different about it so we do use high quality ingredients uh, we are more expensive than other places and so there, we're you know we're competing against the food trucks yeah. the little hole in the walls yeah um, and as you get bigger, there's always the question of, hey, are you getting are you getting too corporate? So we always go back to the food has to be authentically um, to what we've always said from the beginning. So part of that conversation was, what what won't we do? 
as opposed to what will we do. And um, and so we believe that Lolis Mexican Cravings is about bringing the authentic flavor in Mexico to the American market. Um, so we won't bring anglicized flavors. Mm-hmm. We're not going to, you know, there's certain things that are not there. We see it in other Mexican places, but they're really American concepts or maybe uh, Tijuana right on the border, South, you know, South Texas or South Cal- Southern California, but they're not truly Mexican. And the same way you have different barbecues in America, you have different flavor profiles on tacos and, and different other food items. So that's how we look at it. So, you know, is it authentic? We always question that. And is, is it tasting as good as it would have if you'd gone there? And the proof is and we have a lot of Mexicans vac- vacationing here. They come eat at Lolis, yeah. which is funny because they're like, you can get the same food back home. They're like, no, your food's better here yeah. than it is back home. That's what I said earlier. When I'm looking for an authentic meal, uh, if it's an ethnic authentic meal, I'm looking to see if they're people who are of that culture right. eating there that's usually a good indication that that's the, the place to go uh for sure um anything we haven't discussed up to this point that you think is very unique to the success of lowly's that needs to be addressed i think probably the biggest piece the yeah it, it can't be understated is what culture does yes to a business and josue and lola have built a a company so we're beyond the business and we're now a company. Whereas we have people from day one, you know, so in this store opening up, we have two individuals running the store that have been with the company almost as day one that believe in the brand and believe in its leaders, you know, believe in Josue and Lola, they believe that, uh, you know, that what their vision is going to come true. Um, and Josue's kind of instilled that to everybody, and Lola's instilled that to everybody. You know, they're very respectful of the people working for them, which in this industry, as you know, sometimes it's not always the case. Yeah. Um, but it's something we need to take a look at. I think that, um, you know, we talk about the labor shortages right now, you know, across our across the country, but definitely in our industry. And uh, as I talk to other colleagues, so that you know, professors at USF and things like that, um, we believe we did it to ourselves. You know, this, Absolutely. this you know, we, we created this problem prior to the pandemic. The, the pandemic exacerbated the situation, but we were not friendly to our guest base, to our staff base, and didn't really make it a industry of choice. There's no reason to, to come, come work in the right. restaurant industry. And so the interesting about Lolis is that they, that's not how they worked. Josue is, you know, ridiculously patient with individuals. He's the ridiculously giving of them. Um, even at times when they probably don't deserve it yeah. um, because he rec- he can see something in them. And I think that's the biggest lesson I've seen from, from him is that he can see in you what you can't see in yourself. Yes. And he does that for his employees over and over and yes. over again. And to watch them transform and become better individuals, more capable than they ever yeah. believe themselves is what makes Lolis special. And I think that's the part we can't lose moving so forward. So there's a reason why I spend so much of the interview focusing on the people behind the restaurant because i don't believe i think when i first started this podcast i was focused on like what is it about these brands these concepts that are successful and it didn't take me long to realize that it's not about the restaurants the people behind behind every great restaurant's a great person or great people and it's it's trying to figure out okay what are the values what are the, the what's the essence of these individuals that right. i'm trying to make an example of because if you're going to be you can't be successful in business until you're a good successful individual so you have discipline values vision all these things so like that's why we spend so much time focusing on who's behind the restaurant but my question my follow-up question is what are your plans or what is your plan to distill what is unique about lola and uh jose that uh how do you recreate that because 
you have to re- as an owner you're you're imprinting yourself on the people that you bring on you're saying here are my values here's here's our culture here's our vision here's our mission and you have to recreate yourself in others but the more and more people that come on the more difficult that gets because you're diluting yourself right because you can only make so many impressions yeah. so what is your plan to 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 get the essence of Lola and Jose and to, to imprint that across everybody who comes on your team. We're fortunate we figured out some cloning technology that we can have. <laughs> <laughs> you start the, taking bits of their DNA. Exactly. There's two options for an owner or creator is to create something special and they walk away um, or to stay involved. And as Josue said before, you know what, what are you really good at? And he's a salesman. Yeah. And so his main role is to sell the vision to everybody walking through the door, starting with the leaders. Um, so he spends a lot of time, you know, when he goes visit the stores with the leaders for that store, really talking to them, you know, and, and they spend a lot, a lot of time together. Um, it, people say sometimes, you know, you I, I can transfer our values or our culture over an orientation over, you know, a, a big meeting and that's it. And it doesn't happen that way. You've actually got to do it over long periods of time. Uh, mentorship doesn't happen over two or three meetings. It happens over a lifelong time of walking side by side. And so really the strategy is for, you know, for the two founders to walk side by side with yeah. its current leaders until they feel, and they're the judges, that they finally have it. And once they have it, they're willing to walk back and step back and mm-hmm. let those guys take it from there. Got it. Um, so we're about to wrap up the free-flowing portion of today's conversation, and we're going to wrap up with a, a speed round. But before we get into the speed round, a question I want to start asking all my guests. Uh, our, our mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. Uh, so I guess the question is, what's broken with our industry that needs transformation? <laughs> Who wants to answer that? <clears throat> um, first, we, we need, to, we need to, to save the world. We need to 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 be friends with the with the planet first because it's a it's our house. So we need to create to to save the 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 containers, everything's, and and I think it's some the, in the industry. I think they have a, a lot kind of of meat or food is no no good quality, and the people they're gonna be sick, and. Um, <clears throat> Um, that's that's the most important. We we need to to be um, 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 friendly with their with the competence yeah, because we, I agree. Yeah, we we are um, we are a, a family. You know, a, a lot of family depends on our money, but it's, we need to be friendly with the with your neighbor. You know, no no fight with him, yeah. and uh, you know, and and you know. So the big things I got there were we need to be more aware of our impact on the environment and making decisions that are best for the environment. Also, we need to love our neighbors, our, our the, the restaurant down the street or, or just literally our neighbor and uh, just, I don't know, be a little more connected. So uh, the follow up question is, what are you doing in your restaurant to have a, a less of an impact on the environment to, to, to create healthy food? <clears throat> we are trying to change the containers for more environmental containers, but you know, with the pandemic, it's, it's not stuck in 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 a lot of companies. Yeah. So we they t- they tell we need to wait for for a couple a lot months for some containers. So after the the pandemic, our goal is to be more more <clears throat> more environment company 
a friends friends uh, environment you know with the uh, uh, paper recycled paper bags and con container recycled containers and uh, try to to bring a better better quality of food for the people like to you know the taco is uh, like to is some uh, cravings for the people but we need to 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 create more healthy food for the people like to uh, taco salad or some uh impossible meat you know yeah and uh, another kind of tortilla don't lose our essence but try to work for more healthy yeah. food for for the people and i think that it's important to echo these things because if it's going to happen we need to kind of do it universally because what's going to end up happening is there's going to be somebody who comes in who's like I'm just going to offer something less expensive because I'm going to buy styrofoam instead. And like, that's going to be how, but we need to kind of universally say, no, this is the new standard. If we're going to make change, like we have to charge the value for the new packaging. We have to pay it forward to the consumer because this is what we need to do what the consumer wants. And the consumer needs to pay for that. Right. And that's what we need to do to be even ethical, right? Just we need to start changing our impact on the environment. I've loved this conversation. Um, we're gonna take one more quick break to thank our sponsors, and we're gonna bust out a true, very quick speed round. You know, Restaurant Unstoppable's mission because I'm constantly echoing it. It's to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. And I could not be more excited to be partnering with Diageo Bar Academy because they have the same goals in. I am just filled with hope right now because never before has there been such an abundance of information and resources, and it's because things like Diageo Bar Academy exist. Diageo Bar Academy equips bartenders, servers, managers, and hospitality professionals with the insights, stories, and tools to be better. They're constantly raising the bar on industry standards. No matter your background or your skill level, there is knowledge and new techniques for you waiting over at Diageo Bar Academy that will improve your personal and professional lives. For example, they just launched a new masterclass, Tips for Profitable Menus. With expert tips and step-by-step -step guidance, their experts give you all the advice you need to craft exciting and profitable menus. With this masterclass, you'll learn how to create eye-catching menu design, how to promote your most profitable drinks, how to understand poor costs and pricing accordingly, and you'll discover how to create well-designed menus that will attract new customers, exceed your regulars' expectations, and maximize upselling and revenue. And it goes far beyond masterclasses like this. You can also join live events and watch all past masterclasses on demand at www.diageobaracademy.com. Whether you're a bartender, owner, operator, or if you're just completely new to the industry, diageobaracademy.com has easy to access resources to help you learn new skills and stay in the loop with all the latest industry trends. Diageo Bar Academy is a free online resource for hospitality professionals of all skill levels. Stay informed, inspired, and connected to grow your career or your business by joining Diageo Bar Academy today. Why wait? Visit www.diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Margin Edge. Margin Edge is a restaurant management software that uses POS integration and invoice data to show you your food costs in real time. 
The beauty of Margin Edge is that the information is immediately available. You take a picture and boom, you have access to it just in time. And everything that Margin Edge does is aimed at making your restaurant more efficient. So what exactly do you get with Margin Edge? With Margin Edge, you get automatic invoice processing. You can do this by either taking photos with their app, scanning slash emailing files or integrating it with a electronic data interchange. You can get daily controllable P&L, including labor data. You can get recipe costing and menu analysis tools, not to mention you also get inventory management and actual versus theoretical usage reports. Margin Edge gives you the prime cost daily, so there are no surprises at the end of the month. By totally digitizing your back office, your team saves hours on paperwork and gets real-time data to manage food costs, labor, and budgets in the moment, not weeks after the period ends. With supply chain disruption and labor shortages, making real-time data-driven decisions is more important than ever. Because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, Margin Edge will cover your onboarding. That means you get 60 days free to get started and up and running before you make your first payment. To learn more, head to me.margineedge.com slash restaurant hyphen unstoppable or find the banner in the show notes. We are back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic, a quality that you believe most contributes to your success? Consistency. Consistency. Perseverance. Perseverance. Perse- I love it. What is your biggest weakness? My wife. It's consistency. Consistency? Yeah. The interesting part is, so he says his, his strength have its perseverance but he feels is um your strength is often your biggest weakness his weakness is is consistency which i'm you know i'm kind of proud of process that i'm like they're and obviously they're almost the say, contradictory terms yeah ideas but i wh- think perseverance is the ability to keep showing up consistency is your ability to do it the same every time Keep it within the same, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's his, his biggest challenge. Which I get because I'm very much like that because yeah. I'll keep showing up, but I have horrible ADHD and I'm so all I. over the place. So I get distracted very easily. So it's hard well, to He see. changes the recipe every day. Yeah. So th- that does make sense. <laughs> um, what is your biggest challenge today? So like currently in your business now, what's your biggest challenge? Lolly's fi. What was lowly? Oh, the the newest store. Specifically, what about it? I think it's the best location. is Is the point if you you do it good, you 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 can go to the heaven. Mm. You know, if you you do it good, you you can do down. Mm -hmm. Share one code of conduct or behavior, a way to be, a way to act that you teach your team. Belief. Mm. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So something that's common within your restaurant, but not common in all restaurants for service, for the guests to serve. Uh, quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is one book 
that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant owner. And I know you are a voracious reader. Uh, the Bible. Ah, no. well, that's actually a very common answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what is one thing you feel restaurant tours don't do well enough or often enough? Yeah, they care the the environment. You know, the water, yes. the containers, everything for the. I absolutely. Name one service you've hired or outsourced. So the the idea behind this question is to help good people connect with good people. So what's one company that you've serviced or outsourced to to do something for you? Does that make sense? It's a recommendation, it's a referral essentially. Yeah, him. And what what is his what is his business? Him being Miguel. Um he know about the rules for the United States. You know, I come from Mexico. Yeah. He know the laws, the the, the laws, the laws, the the the, the structure for the, the a structure for the, the American mine, how how to work the business in the United States. Yeah, and he he he's pretty good. Yeah, Miguel, and, give uh, your, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because it's my compliment. You know, I had the vision. I had the the the. I I know the I have the the vision and know and the product and we have the product and the vision, but we need somebody else. You know the success is not for only one person. We we need him and maybe we need some people else for to make for 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 going going to get to Japan. We need, we need more people. Yeah, uh, Miguel, go ahead and give your your company a plug. Yeah, so he actually hired the the, the original get together with me personally as okay. an individual. Um, but I you do, do still have your, your so business. So I have a company called My Restaurant CFO that does financial services, accounting services, as well as consulting services. Beautiful. Um, but it was really more about a personal, you know, Miguel Josue relationship, <laughs> not a Loli's My Restaurant CFO or something else gotcha. relationship. I got you. It's two people. Well, if you want to get a hold of Miguel, the name of the, what's the website? Uh, MyRestaurantCFO.com. Got it. Beautiful. Uh, and what is one technology that you guys have recently outsourced? This might actually be, I don't know, either one of you can answer this question. Um, but what is one technology that you've recently outsourced that's had a huge impact on communication, efficiency, profitability, anything along those lines? From an accounting point of view, one of the biggest challenges in, in the business is knowing when your numbers. Yeah. So we are using, um, through my restaurant CFO, a service called Margin Edge. Okay. Which does uh, invoice processing. Yep. And so we can analyze our data a lot clearer. Did you know they're a sponsor? They're going <laughs> to love this episode going yeah, on. Yeah, I talk to them a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're uh, one of our sponsors. And awesome. It's uh, just the time that you save on just data entry. It's all you take a photo of all your invoices, all your right. accounts payable, your accounts receivable, and it just not instantly, but pretty close. Like within 24 hours, I want to say, right? Like the, the, the number gets... The, the I'm pushing them to that 24 hours, yes. I think it's 48 hours. <laughs> it's 48 hours. It's 48 hours. Yeah. Um, the, the keys have granular data available to you, and that's helped us, especially you know, we're doing analysis of stuff of recipes, and that helps us speed up the process. Awesome. And this is the last question. Um, you might have to translate it because it's a, it's a doozy. But if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be gone with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and your legacy, what would those three pieces of wisdom be? Mis hijas, mi esposa. His wife? And his daughters. What's the third? Lolis. And the... Ah. You can't. Wife? 
Um, Daughters. Um, my employees. Employees. People. People. Memories. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful stuff. Great, great conversation. Thank you so much. I've really loved this chat. Uh, we wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. So that's how I find future guests on the show. So who do you respect and admire and who was doing a really great job? And if Thank they you. were on the show, you'd, you'd make an example of them um, as a guest. You, you would want me to make an example of them. Is that Elon Musk? Elon Musk. I'm trying to get his brother on the show. Um, his uh, brother behind Husk okay. out of Denver, something Musk. Sorry, yeah. Mr. Musk. Uh, Chef Musk. The restaurant is? Um, Sanadi. The restaurant is? No miro nadie. Screw Elon Musk. I'll try to get Elon Musk on the show. If, Elon, if I can get Elon Musk, I like I'll Elon take Musk it. because uh, uh, he, he do a lot of companies. He create a lot of companies. Yeah, uh, he can, I, I don't I don't understand how how he can. I'll do my best. Yeah, <laughs> I know. If, for example, John Bezos, uh, the Amazon, he had only one company and grown up just one company, and Facebook, he had he he got uh, three three companies, but it's the same same way. You know, it's a. Uh, Internet, I see. Yeah, and Elon Musk, he created uh, different companies, the different different kind of company, and uh, I don't know how 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 he do that. You know, Elon Musk. If you're listening to this, I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you as a guest in the show. And um, we wrap up every chat by just basically also like, how can we connect? If uh, like what social handles, email. If we want to maybe come work for you, what's the best way to connect? Uh, so online, you can find us at loliesmexicancravings.com. Uh, and our social media handle is uh, at Lolis, uh, Mexican Cravings. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you were a great guest. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your story, your knowledge, your mentorship. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. <laughs> thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. You are, you are part of our, our dreams. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> My pleasure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, uh, everything is, uh, you know, it's... Uh, Coming together, you are yeah. part of the of the the. He is part of the Camino para Japón. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's a pleasure to be a part of your story and your in your journey, and it's a privilege to share it. Your story. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank Cheers. you. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Stoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Jose, uh, Lola, and Miguel. And I, I, this was a really inspiring story. And I, I might have been tough. Uh, I wish I spoke Spanish. I really did. I think I could have um, connected on a deeper level with Jose. But I think the story is there. And the, the inspiration is absolutely there. And special thanks to Miguel for uh, translating in uh, really distilling the message that came out of today's episode. So I just hope you guys are leaving this today's episode as inspired as I am and uh, just really great stuff. So I should say special thanks to Peter Lazar uh, for helping me set this interview up And uh, Peter. Actually, he's the reason why I went down to Tampa to discuss his book restaurant strong. I really loved his book by the way. And while I was down uh, to connect with him, he hooked me up with four additional interviews so the next couple of weeks into uh, January, you're going to be listening to some Tampa Bay restaurant tours. 
and uh, there's some we had some really great interviews. So stay tuned for some great stuff. Peter is actually joining me this Thursday. His episode is going to be going live, and I strongly recommend you get his book Restaurant Strong. I uh, get that book read up. You can order it right now before his episode goes live on Thursday because you're going to want to read this book because when he joins us live in the network to discuss his episode and his book. It's going to be a great conversation. I want you guys to be a part of it. Uh, also, we have two more weeks of content this week and next week of Restaurant Stoppable core content. And then beginning on December 20th and through the rest of the year, we're going to be rolling out the story of Seven North. This is a five episode miniseries where we go deep into the story of Doug York and Seven North Coffee Company. Uh, this is a, like, no other project we've ever done. So we basically combine my interview skills with Jared's production skills and we have Doug York's uh, story and he mastered uh, the audio of I mean you'll find out why he was able to do something like that but really great super excited about this five episodes rolling from November sorry December 20th through the rest of the year uh, and we go deep into Doug's story. I don't want to give away too much right now, but you're in for a treat beginning December 20th. So stay tuned for that. And until next time, peace out.